0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Holy End to the Lord podcast. I'm Luke LeFever. And I'm Elijah Crouch. On this podcast, we call our generation
1: to radical holiness, audacious faith, and total devotion to Jesus.
0: We're believing for a movement that leads to revival in the church, awakening in America, and the gospel to the ends of the earth. So let's jump in. Hey everybody, welcome to episode seven of season two. Of the Holy End of the Lord podcast. We are going to be jumping in today, continuing uh, this season's theme on prayer. And this episode, we're going to be talking specifically about fasting. Um, Something cool that's happening right now um, as we are recording this podcast is I've been, people have been sending me, um, Uh, Up at Asbury University, there's been like a prayer meeting that uh, has been going on for several days now at this point. And um, a lot of people are calling it revival. Um, If you don't know this, Asbury, it was in the 70s. It might have been 1970. There was a um, revival that took place at Asbury where um, all of these students started... um, Being convicted of sin, publicly confessing sin, and for days and days they stayed in the chapel and prayed and worshiped. Um, And even Billy Graham heard about it, commented on it at the time of when it was happening. Um, So that's happened there before, and sounds like something similar is happening um, right now. So um, pretty cool, especially in relation to the fact that we're trying to encourage our generation to pray and fast, and seek God for revival in our generation, so believing that's the first fruits of things that not only we've been praying for, but the generations before us have been praying for it, and believing that it's going to be the first of more like it across the nation, so exciting stuff. Um, And today, as we get into this, we're talking about fasting, and Mm so we want to break down fasting, like prayer, feels like one of those things that most people would go, like, I Sort of know that I should do it as a Christian, right? But it seems like it's those things like extra credit, like spiritual extra credit, <laughs> and then, excuse me, um, like spiritual extra credit, and it's, um, not really sure what it accomplishes. You know, it's like I I get like that I'm supposed to do it. Prayer I have a little bit better understanding of, but fasting, right? What's the point? It just feels like, uh, um torturing myself for the sake of torturing yeah, myself. Right, right. Um, and so we're going to get into some of the practical things about fasting, um, the spiritual things about fasting and why it's important today. Yeah. But I mean, some of the practical things we were talking about, I don't know if you want to jump into some of those Elijah. Um, but there are just a lot of really basic practical things. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. The first thing is ab- abstaining from food and that's what we're, talking about when we're talking about fasting i want to make that distinction right off the bat is there's a lot of abstinence that is not technically fasting fasting is when we're abstaining from food yeah in order to draw ourselves closer to god giving up that um that thing to draw us closer to god it's like whenever you're driving some people are about to laugh at me for this but whenever you're driving and you've got to make like a tough turn or maneuver and the music's up loud and you turn the music down and take a turn yeah it's fasting does that yeah for us down the noise. it turns down the noise to help us more clearly see where we're going because yeah. in our lives just as when we're driving it's not like you know music distraction goes to one area of your brain and and uh visual distraction goes to another yeah it all goes to the same uh it all goes to inhibit the same sort of response that um that yeah, they all go to inhibit the same response collectively as they do separately. So whenever you turn down the music, it does help you make that turn, although some people will still laugh at me for that. Yeah. But fasting does that spiritually, Yeah, where it, it helps us to see ourselves um, in a proper place with God more clearly. It helps to reveal distractions in our lives, reveal what control us, Richard Foster says and to align ourselves with what God's will is in our life, to see his power come through us. And most basically, that is by fasting food. And there, it is good to, to abstain from media. Yeah. It's good to Definitely abstain helpful. from lots of things, but that's not fasting. That's not what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's
0: not like full-on fasting. Yes, yeah.
1: it's different. Um, because when you don't look at Instagram for a couple weeks or whatever, that's great. And you should do that. It does help you hear God more. Yes. But it will not produce hunger.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And that's important when we're fasting, but it's not just fasting for the sake of fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, That's important right off the bat is it's, there's a lot of dietary trends around Mm -hmm. fasting, intermittent fasting, all good things. Yeah. But it's not fasting for like a dietary reason or for a trend. Yeah, or just to fast some people fast um, out of uh, a place of eating disorder mm-hmm. which is not good yeah. and um, if that if you're listening to this and you're just like, hey right off the bat like I know I've struggled with eating disorders in the past or I struggle with eating in general or something like that, I would just advise you to go to a, a, your pastor about that or your, yeah. a your leader, close leaders or doctors in your yeah, life before you engage in Yes like this. and ask. Be like, hey, either, you know, should I do this? And then if I do this, how can I do this most yeah. healthily for me? Um, because this is not to harm you or, like, inflict some sort of major physical damage. Yeah, <laughs> That is not the point of this. The point of this is to get closer to God yeah. by removing just the distraction of Food. Yes. So
0: yeah, that's a great way to put that. And like Glide said, it's turning down the noise and just a few very practical things about fasting. Cause we'll get into why abstaining from food is that fasting. Yes. And Instagram, yes, it's a fast. It also turns down noise, but where is it different? We'll talk about that in a minute. A few things really practically that fasting does. Is one, like if so our church is doing a twenty one day fast right now and some people whenever I talk about the fact that I am fasting, like Jesus says never to talk about like when you fast. And I'm like, he's saying that if you're trying to tell people you're fasting for the sake of being spiritually elite, right. not yeah. to, to help people be more righteous. Yeah, not to help people understand what's happening. So right. if you're like, Why is he telling us that he's fasting? He is Why are we doing a podcast on sinning even now? Yeah th- That's not what's happening. Anyway, I'm just sharing this as a point of application for you. So, we're doing a 21 day fast, and what I'm doing during the fast is I'm skipping one meal a day every single day, and then one day a week I fast from sun down, sun up to sundown. So I fast until dinner. Um. And so part of what that does, super practical. Like step one, you like I fast lunch most days, and if I'm fasting lunch that hour that I would normally spend eating lunch, I try to take that on those days to just spend that time praying. So super practical. You just get an hour set aside to go pray. Yes, most basically
1: that's fasting. It's abstaining from food to have more time to pray
0: and hear God. Easy, boom, there you go. And then it's like number two, so that's super practical, like it builds on that. The other thing that fasting does is it Every time your stomach growls when you're fasting, it's like this natural alarm clock to pray. Yes. Because your stomach growls and you're like, why am I so hungry? And like, oh, yeah, because I'm not eating. Right. Because I'm fasting and I'm seeking God. Right. And another part of this, too, is Elijah and I were talking about this before. It's not just fasting, again, for the sake of fasting. Right. It's best I or would for say for general spirituality. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. Yeah. It's not just for general gen, general spirituality. It is for a specific purpose that I would say it's it's for spiritual breakthrough. Yes, like when we're we're praying for a specific thing. Maybe it's it's we are fasting and praying for a specific person, um, a lost friend, or it we're praying for revival in our nation, or right. we're praying for our school, or right. we're praying for um an answer on a specific thing and we're fasting to turn down the noise to get really clear. Like when I'm seeking God on a big decision, I will usually fast. Um, it's this natural alarm clock to pray. Right. Um, the next kind of piece of that is it builds desperation for God because it makes us aware of our human frailty and weakness Right? of when we're weak and like when I'm hungry and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm hungry. your mortality comes into light much more clearly of going like, we're not going to live forever. And we are, we are so dependent on God for everything. Like his, he sustains our very life and it's this increased awareness of apart from you, I can do nothing. Yeah. I can do nothing. And our, our need for God and our, our inability to enact the type of change that we're looking for on our own. Right. And so it does all of those things. Those are like basic, really easy. Another, you know, you were mentioning this, Elijah, is just self control, right? Yeah. I, like Joel Everest, who's um, who's discipled me, who was my youth pastor growing up, one of the pastors at our church. Yeah. Um, he used to say he's like, I fast to show my flesh who's boss. Um. He's like a lot of times he's like I will fast to it to grow in self-control. That's one of the things you were talking about, even if with like guys, of like what you're looking at with like pornography and things like that. Fasting is a great weapon against that.
1: Because the, you know, proverb says a city without, or a man without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Yes. Right. It's like, so in our life where, where there's areas and things that control us, we have to regain control over Mm -hmm. those areas, areas where we have let the enemy come in, uh, even as believers, Because God has given authority to us, so then the devil cannot have authority in our life unless we give it to him. Mm -hmm. But we give it to him at times, inadvertently. And what we have to do to take back control in these areas of sin, especially sin patterns and pornography, and guys especially, is where I see this, mostly because I'm a guy, is to regain control, what you have to do is discipline yourself in a way that you are strictly controlling your body. And... Like, for instance, like the discipline of hospitality. Great. If you're having people over for dinner, great. But it's not going to help you take back control over sin patterns in your life, if we're very honest. But fasting does that Mm -hmm. because it immediately brings to the surface, like you were saying, your mortality. Mm -hmm. And it immediately brings to the surface this sense of like, I just can't do anything on my own. I must, A, have major self-control because fasting does make people grumpier. And part of that is, is... I am a case in point. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Fasting, it, and part of that is neurological <laughs> and biological. That's just what happens. Yeah. But then part of that is to help us cultivate self-control. Yeah. Because the gifts of the Spirit are given, but the fruits of the Spirit are cultivated. And yeah. people have pointed that out in different contexts. That's not yeah. original to me. And with the fruits of the Spirit, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And yeah. one way we cultivate that fruit of self-control in our life is through fasting. Mm-hmm. So then after we're... We've disciplined our body, right? Paul says, I, I pummel my body and subdue it. He's not talking about beating himself or cutting himself, nothing like that. But he's saying, "I'm fat, when I'm fasting and I'm praying, I'm disciplining my body so that I can easily get into a posture and position where I can magnify God and see him work mm-hmm. through my life fast. Because yeah. we don't want—when when we need God to work in our life or when God needs to work through our life, we don't want to have these unnecessary blockades— of laziness and a lack of discipline and a lack of self-control yeah. to where when God's like, I'm seeking a man to do this thing. Yeah. We're not like, Oh man, I wish I could do that. But I'm just, it'd be like, you know, someone who is trying to trying to, um, play for the major leagues one day. Yeah. And there's scouts who are looking for people in different ball games in college or whatever. And you're just like, man, yeah, I'm going to get in the major leagues. I really believe that it can happen. You know, these scouts really make that decision. But then you're just eating potato chips and never practice. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get called up. Mm-hmm. And so when we fast, we're, we're disciplining and exercising self-control. Mm-hmm. So that when God says, I need a man of great self-control, a man or woman of great self-control to come into this specific situation to enact my will on the earth, we can be like, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm ready. And you can hear God's voice in those moments. And that's part of what fasting does. Is it, it's, a, it's, a self, it's a discipline of self-control um, unto seeing the power of God in our lives.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Where it's like it's, it's us going to our flesh. It's like a way to crucify our flesh. Totally. Of going, um, you're not in control. Right. Um, the Holy Spirit is through my will— of going, my will is surrendered to the Holy Spirit and my flesh doesn't get to determine what I do and don't do. And fasting is a great way to do that. And so those are a few of just like the really practical, almost I would say natural things about fasting that are really good. Yeah. And so then now I want to jump into some of the spiritual side yes. of this. And this gets really interesting. Um, it's pretty fascinating. And I don't I, – <laughs> It's almost a little mysterious, like, when you look at the scriptures as to certain parts of this. And uh, there's a few things that I'll say that I wouldn't say are like, hey, this is biblically explicit. But through scriptural evidence, uh, personal experience, um, evidence through other men and women of God that have fasted, some of the things I'll say as to why, in my understanding, what has helped me understand, like, Mm -hmm. what's happening Mm -hmm. when we fast and why certain things take place. Um, but I think one of the best, a few. I, I want to walk through this because there's so many different examples yes. in Scripture right. about fasting, and when someone is fasting, them having a significant encounter with God, right? So I want to highlight a bunch of those and then we'll break down a few of them more in depth. But just so you can see this pattern throughout scripture of people fasting and then having a significant encounter with God, hearing from God, uh, encounter with the spiritual in general, like angels, the demonic, things like that. So I'm going to go through a few of these. First example is the prophet Daniel. Fasts for 21 days. We'll probably jump into that one a little deeper. He's fasting for three Mm -hmm. weeks. At the end of the fast, the angel Gabriel literally appears to him, and he gives him one of the most specific prophecies about uh, what's going to happen of the successive kingdoms across the earth Ever. I mean, we were talking about this before. Most scholars that try to date the book of Daniel don't even believe that Daniel was written before all these kingdoms because like, it's too specific, at least the ones that don't believe. It's even really
1: puzzling. It's very puzzling to some scholars. Yeah, the ones that don't believe in the
0: supernatural. Yes. Um, Right. So Daniel's fasting. Boom, angel Gabriel shows up, right? Okay, so first example. Second uh, example, Acts chapter 13 it says, as they ministered to the Lord, so as they're praying and worshiping, and they, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit said, set apart to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Which, yes. that's the beginning of them sending out Barnabas and Saul, who would be the Apostle Paul, to go on the most successful and important missionary journey. Like, this entire new step in the stage of the church right. comes when the Holy Spirit speaks to them. Yep in a moment of fasting, right? right? Okay, so boom, there you go, hearing the Lord really, really clearly. Um, Elijah, fasting in 1 Kings, he's out in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. he's fasting for like 40 days, and the Holy Holy Spirit speaks to him in in the still small voice, right? We know the story of the the whirlwind, the fire, the earthquake, the Lord wasn't in it, but then he has quieted his soul in such a way to hear the still small voice. Okay, so boom, God speaks to him, something again, very significant, in a season of fasting. Yes. Um, uh, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes on a 40-day fast, right? And the devil himself appears to Jesus at the end of the 40-day fast. Only time
1: the devil himself ever
0: manifests himself to a human. To Yes, as far as we know. It's, it's like in all the scripture. Yes. And so it's like—
1: And he appears in bodily form to Jesus.
0: Yes, it's like he's there. And so you have that, right? Again, spiritual encounter— At the end of a fast, right? Um, I think another good example of this, and I think this one's interesting because I'll get into why I think this is even more interesting than just face level in a minute. But you have Peter... In Acts chapter 10, right, when it says that Peter's up on the rooftop and when the sheet comes down out of heaven with all these unclean animals and he hears the Holy Spirit say, arise, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, no, Lord, never eat anything unclean. And it's a symbol that uh, he goes, don't call unclean what God has has called clean. Right. And basically it's a word about the Gentiles coming to Christ. Right. But it says that Peter was on the rooftop praying and he was very unclean hungry is what the scripture says it doesn't necessarily say he'd been fasting but i think there's a good case to be made that either he was fasting or it's still just as interesting if at the very least he was hungry
1: yeah he was at least waiting to eat lunch for a minute
0: yes and he's hungry yeah and his stomach's growling so in all of this i want we'll jump into a few of these you know i think specifically daniel here in a second and then jesus in matthew 4 um but you might go, why is this happening? That's part of a question that I've asked the Lord a lot. And I'll say, for me personally, the most significant encounters I've had with the Lord in my life, I wouldn't say all of them, the majority of the most significant encounters I've had with the Lord came either in a season, season of fasting or right after. Yes. Um, I, I forget who it was, but somebody said one time, things happen when you fast that don't when you don't. Which is so interesting. Good. I'm like, That's really it's, good. it's it's kind of interesting like that. It's like things happen when you fast that don't happen when you don't. Um, That's true. But part of oh, the reason, God. without maybe at risk of sounding a little woo woo out there, um, I think this is part of the reason. And this is total hypothesis. This is just me from personal experience. Yeah. Um, but the Bible talks about with Jesus, for example, it says that he tabernacled among us that his flesh was like the tabernacle where the Spirit of God dwelt in the Old Testament. That's yes. the example that's used. In Hebrews, it says that his flesh was like the veil in the temple, right, veiling the glory of God. Like you see that on the Mount mm-hmm. of Transfiguration, like it, that's taken away and his glory is just right. revealed, right? right. Um, and so it's like this fle- his flesh veiling the glory of God. And so there is this reality. Paul talks about the fact that we have an inner man. He's like, I pray that you would be strengthened in your inner man, right? Yes. So there's something inside of our flesh, right? Paul calls his his um, flesh, he goes, one day I'm going to put off this tent, yeah. is what he says. Yeah. And it's like this housing to our spirit, essentially. Now, I think they're intertwined, like our, and one day we'll have a glorified body, and it's like, I think— without getting all into details i think it's like it's gonna be intertwined one and in the same with our spirit right yes but as of right now it's like our spirit is housed inside this veil or this tabernacle of our flesh and my hypothesis is this is when we are denying ourselves food right the thing that feeds our flesh itself it's denying it in a way and like the past like couple weeks I've been fasting that meal a day, right? And, like, my brain is, like, super foggy. Um, (laughs) Like, I can't think super clearly. Um, I'm tired. I'm irritable. Um, And – but there's something that happens. Like, there's a few times that I've done, like, a longer, like, just just water, no food fast. And your body starts to be run down, not feel good. But it's so interesting of, like, when I'll go – when I would just sit and I would just begin to, like – commune with the Lord, and pray, mm-hmm. and just worship, it's like, it's almost like the veil of my flesh grows thin, is yeah. the way that I describe yeah. it. And um, when that's put away of me going, this this flesh is temporary, but my inner man is eternal. And I am, I, there is this, like, deep unto deep with the Lord of where I'm like, I I can just sense the presence of God. Yeah. Um, like if there is something that is of like that, of the enemy, like if there is something like demonic going on in a situation, it becomes very clear of like, almost like your spiritual sensors just start going off. Yeah. And it's like, you can sense it of like, this is demonic. Like this is of the Lord. Um. This is like, I can sense the presence of God. Like, and so one of the, uh, so a, a part of that, is um, that's my hypothesis? Is I it's I think the veil of our flesh almost starts to grow thin yeah. to where our inner man can yeah. see clearly the spiritual reality that's all around us. And I want
1: to make the point that what Luke is saying here is not like he's growing irritable and he's like it's okay. Yeah, that he's like I I get easily frustrated and you know what anger's okay. We know that. I want to just make it very clear there is an element of self control. It yes. he's just saying it's hard. It's more. Easy for him to become irritable. Oh, totally. Yes. Not that that's okay to give into it. I, not that you said that, but it could be misconstrued. Take it, yes, yes, so that it doesn't get misconstrued. Good point Luke of is clarification. Extremely
0: self-controlled guy. <laughs> I appreciate that, but good point of, of clarification because yeah. I I do want to make the point that it's not easy. Like I'm into this halfway, right. and I'm like, Lord, yes, that's the point. This I you made. really want to eat lunch yes. very badly, which is why Please. you've got to
1: have a goal in mind because there's yes. this whole general spirituality fasting. Where it happens yeah. shouldn't happen. Yeah. That's why, like, if you're praying for a lost person, you get hungry. Yes. And you're like, oh, I'm, you know, you've got a friend say his name's Logan. Yeah. And you're fasting for Logan to come to Jesus. Yeah. And you're fasting. And then you get hungry and you're like, oh, this is for Logan. Yes. It's not just like, oh, man, I wish I had a cupcake, you know? A hundred percent. And it's like yeah.
0: you're going... Like, Lord, we're praying for revival in yes. our nation. Lord, yes. We're interceding for that. Lord, we're praying for revival. Our church is going through this right now. So I'm going, Lord, bring revival to our church. Lord, reform, right. reformation to our church. Renew us. And so that's how we're praying. Yes. Right. Um, and I think, you know, you make this point a lot. Um, you know, we ripped this from John Mark Comer, but he, he, ta- like a lot of people like to make the point with Jesus when he's out in the wilderness for 40 days, of like the, the devil comes at him at his weakest point. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, but, Is that actually what's happening? Right. Yes and no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. John Mark makes this point. uh, I believe Evagrius of Ponticus makes this point a long, long, long time ago where it's like Jesus is at the height of his spiritual strength when he's fasting and praying and in the wilderness with no distractions. It's very intentional. It's like, because you would think, because some people are like, oh man, Jesus is like, he's super weak, but look, the spirit is strong in him. And it's like, no, he's actually intentionally weakening. Um, you know, like you said, the veil of his flesh yeah. to make his inner man strong. Yeah. So he gets face-to-face with the devil incarnate, Yeah. and he knows exactly what to say. He comes out of that time after the encounter with the devil and, and overcoming the devil. In the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit, knows exactly where he's supposed to go because the disciples are basically like, everybody's looking for you. It's like the equivalent of like, man, there's this whole platform for you, and the Times wants to write an op-ed and all this stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's like, no... Actually, I'm actually going to go to this town that not a lot of people will even like yep. and preach the gospel there because they'll receive it. Yeah. And this intense spiritual clarity mm-hmm. comes from that. Yeah. And this spiritual power grows within him. Yeah. And this is what happens in Daniel 10. Yeah. Which I want to make sure we hit because yep. – Daniel, what happens, it's in the the month, I believe it's in the month of Nissan is how it's pronounced. Someone's going to come after me. Nissan.
0: Nissan. The month of Nissan. I love those cars.
1: I've got a Nissan. Anyway, the month of Nissan, I think, there's an appointed fast, or there was an appointed fast, and it was like a seven-day type deal, Mm -hmm. and uh, I read this in a commentary. I'm not just making this up. I forget which one, though. And, (laughs) and, and. After seven days, it should be like, all right, you know, back to normal sort of deal. Well, Daniel, he it says he's mourning. A lot yeah. of fasting in the Old Testament comes from a place of mourning, right? Mm-hmm. It's why, like it's the why sin Jesus, of God's people. Yes, it's yeah. why it's part of the reason why Jesus, uh, when John's disciples come and he says, "Hey, why our, you know, we fast and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't fast," He says, "Well, when the bridegroom is with the people, they do not fast, but on the day he goes away, there will be great mourning and fasting." Yeah. It's this sense of Like, God, you are not here and I need you. And it's aligning our spirit and our body with the spiritual reality of our need for God. And so that's what Daniel's doing in Daniel 10. And he's fasting. There's an appointed fast for seven days. Well, Daniel says, no, I'm going to do more than that. And he fasts seven days and then another week and then another week. Mm -hmm. And the angel Gabriel comes to him and he has this this incredible revelation from God that just is mind-blowing how precise it is. But Gabriel says, I was held up by the principality of Persia. Yeah.
0: So the demonic the of Persia, the demonic like stronghold yes. over the nation yes. of Persia yes. was resisting the angel yes. Gabriel from getting the message to Daniel. Right. Which is in the Bible. If you haven't read that, I've had yes. people be Daniel like, 10. what am like, it's Yes. A, it's just read Daniel 10.
1: And this is the concept of like, you know, bind up the strong man's and you can only take his belongings once you've bound him. And so at this point, there's spiritual resistance, Mm -hmm. and so Daniel is praying and pressing through and mourning and fasting, and I do not think it's a coincidence that Daniel fasts for three weeks, 21 days, and on the 21st day, the angel Gabriel comes to him. Mm -hmm. I have often thought that if Daniel was to quit that fast on day 14 or day 19, it could be that we would not have one of the most precise prophecies in all of the Bible. Yeah. It is that pressing through of this physical weakness in order to align ourselves with inner desire. That is what brings uh, Daniel to this place of spiritual revelation. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's what can happen with us whenever we press through. And you're like, man, you know, I'm trying to fast. Even just starting out, it's like, man... I'm trying to fast the whole day, but, like, could I have some goldfish? It's like, no, don't. (laughs) Don't press through. I do love goldfish. I'm not going to lie. Flavor blasted. But at the end. I'm kind of an original
0: person myself. Yeah, I get it.
1: At the end of those days, though, you know, seeing that spiritual breakthrough, and that's the end goal. Because yeah. Daniel has a precise goal in mind. It's fasting yeah. and mourning for the nation of Israel over their sin.
0: Which is crazy because the, because Daniel says, he said, I understood by the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. Yes. So he's reading scripture and says he understood by the prophet Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah had prophesied and he said that Israel's going to be in exile this long, like yeah, X amount right, of years. Right, right? And so Daniel said, he goes, I understood by the book of Jeremiah, basically that we're getting close to the end of when our time in exile should be up. Yeah. So he started fasting and praying again, to make the point for a purpose, yes. fasting and praying, oh, going, totally. Lord, this is what you've said, bring to pass what you have said you would do, which was bring us out of exile. Right. And I love that when Gabriel shows up, he says this, he says, from the very first day you prayed... Your prayer was heard yes, but we were resisted. he yes. was resisted yes. the angel Gabriel was and so he says, so the Lord sent the angel Michael right to help which is so <laughs> this is probably the clearest spiritual warfare passage in all the Bible yes Gabriel's trying to get a message to Daniel is resisted by this demonic principality over the nation of Persia. God sends Michael to help break through the line basically while Daniel's fasting and praying and on the 21st day, like you said, Gabriel shows up. I wonder if Daniel almost had just set himself to go, I'm going to fast and pray until I get an answer. Yeah. Until I break through. I would not be surprised. Yeah. I would not be surprised. And you see that.
1: I mean, you see that throughout revival history with people like Charles Finney. Mm -hmm. Right. Who would go um, or Father Nash. Right. He would go and pray at a place before. Charles Finney preached until he could feel until that there was breakthrough. yes yeah. it was you know you've talked about this with the revivalists where they talk yeah. about praying through yes some things like praying and fasting until you feel breakthrough yep and that's why I don't I just don't think it's a coincidence that Daniel fasts 21 days and yeah. Gabriel arrives on the 21st day yeah and you know I think yeah I, I don't think it's a coincidence
0: yeah I agree so that's a I'm like man we could literally do a two hour, three hour, we could do a whole podcast series on fasting, but we wanted to give you a quick overview. So I mean, just to, just to recap some of those things for you of one, right? When you're fasting, first thing it does, it gives you time to pray. You skip a meal, spend that hour praying instead of prepping and eating, right? right? Two, it acts like this natural alarm clock. You're praying for a specific reason. You're praying for a friend who's lost revival in your school or your family or your church or your nation or whatever it is. Every time your, your stomach growls, reminds you to pray. Um, three, it gives you a renewed sense of your desperation and need for God and your own human frailty, right? Um, that we can't accomplish this without God. We don't eat, we die, right? God is eternal. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. need God. Um, self-control, it's disciplining ourselves to go, my flesh is not my master. Right. The Holy Spirit right. by right. the Lord Jesus Christ is my master, right? And then four or five, I guess, it makes us more aware of spiritual realities. Like I think it is a laying aside of our flesh of like the, it, it allows the veil to grow thin in a way of us to go, become more aware by our inner man of what yes. the Holy Spirit is doing, the spiritual realities that are happening all around us every day, all day that we don't realize most of the time. Mm-hmm. And just to say this again, like things happen when you fast that don't happen when you don't. Yep. And so if you're going, okay, what are some practical next steps to fast? I would not, because some people, like, this is my, like, mentality. I'm like, it's like an all or nothing type of thing. I'm like, well, I'm going to fast for a week with no food. Here we go. <laughs> and just, like, jump in. Yeah. I, I would, like, start with a meal. Yes. Like, yep. skip lunch great. and go take that hour to walk and pray. Yes. Um, and so one thing that I do that could be a good practice for you, which is really—I <laughs> love this. John Wesley, who was the man who started the Methodist Church— led the one was one of the primary leaders of the first great awakening in America, you weren't allowed to be a Methodist pastor unless you fasted two days a week, which is crazy. So I try to build into my rhythm one day a week that I skip both breakfast and lunch. And that just turns into like a day of prayer for me. Like every time I like I'm working those days, but it's like that, every time my stomach growls, I, it reminds me like, Lord, send revival in America. Lord, would you um, bring provision in this area? Lord Jesus, would you bring this person to Christ? Um, so those would be a few like first steps that I would take. If you struggle with, like we said at the beginning, like an eating disorder or there's health issues, consult a doctor first. And then also Mm -hmm. I'd talk with a leader, a pastor, but if it's specifically a health issue, I'd talk to a doctor. Yes. Um, but then a, first, a couple of good first steps is like I would skip a meal or if you're feeling good, like go for you know a day, like skip breakfast, skip lunch, yeah. wait till the sun goes down and eat dinner. And
1: I, I would see – this has been helpful for me because you fast weekly mm-hmm. and that's helped me to fast regularly because yeah. you do it too. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if Luke does it, yeah, I think if you could have – you know, one or two friends who are That's willing to idea. do it with you. Yeah. And be like, hey, would y'all all be willing to fast breakfast and lunch on a Thursday? Yeah. And then they're like, well, if you'll do it. Yeah. And then it turns into not one, but three people doing it. And it yes. becomes that much more powerful because yes. you're all multiplied effect. interceding together.
0: Yes. Absolutely. That's a great idea. That's a really great idea. Well, guys, this is, we're coming to the end of I know. season, season two, two, which is crazy. Hey, yeah, maybe shoot us like, um, like on the consecrate Instagram page, shoot us some ideas of like, Hey, we'd love to hear about this next on the podcast yeah. or questions that you have. Yeah. Or um, if you have
1: questions about what we talked about this season, you're like, yeah, Hey, totally. I got a question about fasting, you know?
0: Yep. That's let a great know. idea. Shoot it to us. Maybe we could do like some special Q and a, um, episodes or something yeah, like that fun. at the end of this tag those on, but let us know like, Hey, we would love to hear about this. I'd um, love to know more about this, and Great. we'll work that in. Consecrate 2023 is coming up. We're, um, we're selling out quick. Yeah, it is selling out quick. So grab tickets. i um, really excited. It's going to be really powerful. Um, so you're not going to want to miss that. You can go to consecratemovement.com to grab those tickets, yep. and hopefully we'll see you guys there.
1: Yep, we'll see you there. Shoot us your questions. Uh, also, one thing that's really helpful that I, I know a lot of podcasters say this, but I really want to be clear that this is actually extremely helpful for us, if you've enjoyed this, and this has yeah. been helpful, or this has helped you to grow closer in your relationship with God through prayer in this season, we would love if you would be willing to review the podcast. Yeah, rate, give it, review it. Just write and review it. it takes a couple seconds, and it, it legitimately does help us and get the word out yeah. to more people. Um, Spotify and Apple will boost it because of that, and that would really mean a lot to us and help this podcast reach as many people and be as effective as possible. Yeah. For the mission of Jesus, we'll see you at Consecrate 2023. Thanks.